0: Welcome back to the Nickerson Street Saloon. Puck and Gas with you. And here until 1 o'clock Ian we'll take over live here from the Nickerson Street Saloon. Uh, 1 o'clock, 1 to 3. We're here uh, for a great cause, uh, previewing tomorrow's Bob's Brown Ale release for the 13th year Georgetown Brewery. Who, of course, uh, makes uh, the fine Bob's Brown Ale in honor of their friend uh, Bob Hirsch, who passed away from cancer back in 2005. All proceeds going uh, to the Ronald McDonald House. You can support it by coming out, out here tomorrow. Uh, They will tap the very first keg of bobs at 3 o'clock. And, again, all proceeds of the pints going to the Ronald McDonald House. You can also go to the Ronald McDonald House Seattle uh, website and make a donation. uh, If you would like, rmhcseattle.org to make uh, your donation. Uh, We'll have uh, plenty more on this coming up later in the show. Manny of Georgetown. Uh, the owner is going to stop on by. I hope he drags his other owner, Roger. But Roger, see, he just likes to be in the background. He doesn't. He doesn't like the spotlight. He doesn't like appearances. He doesn't like appearances. He gets very nervous. But so, I begged him to come. We'll see if he does show up.
1: This bothers me because I'm a Roger prisoner yes, guy. You want to meet him? I like Manny's just fine. Sure. But I, but my preference, yeah. taste wise, something a little lighter. And I'll have a look. If, if, okay. if it's if it's Rogers or Manny's, and they say we got no Rogers, I beg. Like, hey, I'll have a Manny's. I'll be very. But but I I'm going to send him another text. And
0: I'm going to. To say the gas man. Yeah. Legendary radio voice, the gas man, is requested to meet you.
1: Well, that's born and raised in Indiana. I'll go back to light beer from Miller if that's what you're telling me. <laughs> we'll see if we can get somebody from Miller to show up and say hi to me.
0: Uh, Tony Softly, <laughs> our NFL executive, he joins us on the Beacon Plumbing Hotline for his uh, weekly visit. Good day, sir.
2: How are you guys doing out there?
0: Uh, well, we're in a bar and there's no one here yet. The doors will open in a half an hour. Uh, we are drinking for free. We're doing great.
2: There you go. Sorry I missed it.
1: Yeah, well, you, you could still get down here. We're here until 1. I mean, you can come visit us. You can come on. Tony, we'll buy you a pint and we'll
0: buy you lunch if you come on down.
2: You know, it sounds good. I'm about to take a rain check. I, I've got a honeydew list that is so long. I am digging and putting in shrubs and plants and uh, yeah, I, I, uh, trees. I, oh, yeah. I have, yeah, yeah I'm what, busy.
1: What else? What else? Okay, so some yard work. What else is on the honeydew list? Is this a weekend honeydew or just a Friday honeydew?
2: No, this is a continuous honeydew because the uh, football season for me is so long. So um, got right, some things right. to do, and uh, yeah, I got uh, I got some stuff to do outside as well, man.
1: So so if you don't honeydew, you're going to be honey done. If you know what I mean. If you know what I'm saying, it's going to be all over over there at the softly compound.
2: Well, you got you guys are married. You know the deal. You know you fall oh, in yeah. line like a good oh. little soldier. You know the deal.
1: Uh, uh, my house, man. I run things. I don't know about you guys. I tell her how things are. I'm not sure what you're talking about, Tony. I would never yeah, say okay. any. Any. Okay. Of the, I'm scared of
0: my wife, Tony.
1: Yeah, I, I'm scared of my wife. So I, whatever
0: she tells me to do, I say yes, ma'am. Whatever, whatever you need done. Her, her honey to-do list looks like the Bible.
1: Yeah, and she does. Right. It. Oh my yeah. God, it's so long. Here in book 17, verse oh. 12, I will clean the gutters. And none of it, <laughs>
0: none of it, Tony. I can get accomplished.
1: Uh,
2: you know, oh, guys, man. not so not so much not so much scared, but I just don't need the chatter. You know what I mean? I just don't need that extra. Uh, you know, you know what I'm saying?
1: <laughs> yeah, I get it. That's we good. all know what you're yeah. talking
0: about, Tony. We, we've all been there. Oh, God. Tony, you got your you, you got your eyes on them last week. The uh, the rookies there for the Seahawks. What was your what was your thoughts? Uh, just uh, checking those guys out uh, up close and personal for the first time.
2: Yeah, you know, I thought it was uh just so far so good. Uh, you know, I was very impressed obviously with uh Penny the running back, uh very, very smooth, upright, slashing type running back. Uh natural receiving skills, caught the ball out of the backfield extremely well, just really natural. So uh, you know, that was uh you know, while he wasn't one of my top guys, I had him like I think number six. I still think they had a good uh good choice here and, and they're getting beat up for no reason. Uh, let's wait until the, the third year after, uh, all the, the dust has settled on these draft picks to really give them a grade and, and judge them. But I like what I've seen so far. Uh, same with tight end Will Disley. Um, you know, natural receiving skills and he's not known for his catching ability. Uh, really kind of opened everybody's eyes at the, uh, PA game. Uh, a lot of general managers asked me about him. Um, known for his blocking, prowess, but, uh, I'll, I'll tell you what, really looked very sharp and on point. But there was two other guys that really, Kind of opened my eyes because I, I seen Mr. Magoo last spring when I was down on my trips, uh, through, through the southeast. Uh, but I didn't see the athleticism and the arm talent that I saw that was displayed. Now, uh, on Friday, I went on Friday and Sunday and, and on Friday he looked good, but on Sunday he looked confident. Uh, he was swinging the ball around. I mean, he was moving and throwing on the move. He just, he looked like a, a totally different guy, uh, than what I saw last spring. And uh Michael Dixon, the punter, I've nicknamed him Boom, guys, because this guy can hang it. He was he not only was he driving the ball for distance, he had very good hang times, uh, you know, he was he was doing the trick kicks and all that type of stuff, but just that natural ability to uh to hang the ball high and get that receivers uh that return guy chin up in the air so it's tough for him to return. It's gonna be special to watch here in Seattle.
1: Tony, how do teams uh, handle when guys come in? There's no even, even the best guy yet drafted as a team has got some things you need him to work on. There's things that you, you know, as you're grading him, all right, there's some stuff about him. That we, you know, there's nobody coming in. Do you bring that up immediately with a guy? Do you let him get his feet wet for a, for a few weeks and then a few of these little OTAs? I mean, you've got less time with him than you used to have. How soon do you have a meeting or do you have a conversation with a guy about, okay, Here's what we need you to do, whether it's get stronger, whether it's get faster, whether it's work on this. When do you first have that discussion with the draft pick?
2: Yeah, the moment they walk in the door. You have a plan for them. And the assistant coaches or the coordinators, they sit down with them right now and say, okay, this is where you're at now. This is where we want you to be. And this is how we're going to get you there. Uh, Shaquem Griffin looked really, really well. Uh, His football instincts were natural. Uh, at one point, the coaches had to tell him to slow down a little bit, and that's a good thing because I hate when you have to tell a player to giddy up. You want to say, whoa, 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 and he's one of those type of players. You know, the one thing that uh, that kind of surprised me a little bit was uh, Trey Flowers, and I shouldn't say surprised because you saw the athleticism at Oklahoma State, uh, but uh, his size, his length, and his ability to, uh, you know, burst in an acceleration and turn and run with the receiver – he looked natural out on the corner position, so yeah there there's some things that they got to work on uh, he's got to work on his ship transition a little bit better, Uh Richard Penny Finney has to work on his third down blocking. They all have to work on something uh for this level, uh, but that gas that stuff is is talked about the minute they walk through the front door
0: you know you know Tony again Tony Softley with us our, our NFL executive here at nine fifty k j r joining us for his weekly chat. On the beacon plumbing, hotline, puck and gas are live here at the Nickerson Street Saloon. you know Bob condota did a piece today. they were talking his gist of it in the, in the article today, in The Times was about the the value of running backs now and, and over the last few years, it feels like the league has gone away from you know when you were when you were growing up when we 're all growing up, it was about the running game, got to get the running game established it 's all about having a featured back at offensive line. The passing game, obviously in the last decade has kind of taken over in the NFL The more value more value has been placed obviously on the quarterback and receivers. The games just changed, and he went back and looked, and i think i I'm, I'm, I may screw this up, but eight of the top ten rushing rushers in NFL history who are in the Hall of Fame were all first round picks kind of was, was the gist of it, and then over maybe the last few years that's changed. You know, a tad. I went back and just looked at the last five years. And I wrote it down, but it's sitting back at my uh, my desk in my office. And I believe the last five years, I think two, I think it being uh, Ezekiel Elliott and Adrian Peterson. Those guys were first-round picks. Last year, Kareem Hunt was a third-round pick. And then I want to say DeMarco Murray was one other guy, and he was a second-round pick. So in the last five years, we still have seen it. I know we have Hunt. But look at Ezekiel Elliott. Look at Adrian Peterson. Those guys were first-round picks. I mean, you know, maybe people are changing the philosophy a little bit, Tony, but I mean, the running back is still very valuable in this league.
2: Yeah, no, I, you know, I, I've heard that over the last couple of years. A lot of people uh, tried to devalue the running back position, and it was only they were only saying that because people weren't taking him, you know, high one, you know, not until like three, four, five. Uh, it, and my thing is it's not, it's not a matter of where they're picked. It's what they do when they get there. But you still have to pick the right player, the right player to fit your scheme, the right player to come in and understand and, and learn your terminology and fit in what, what you're doing. For me, the running back is critical. Uh, you know, they haven't had a running back here since um, uh, Marshawn Lynch. Marshawn Lynch was a first-rounder. They've been drafting guys, uh, except for the young man out of Texas A&M that went in the second round that is no longer on the team. But they've been drafting guys, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth, well, that's what you're getting. And, and I'm not saying that if they're drafted that late, you're not getting a good player, uh, but you have to you have to pick the right player. For me, uh, when they went with Penny in the first round, okay, you're getting a first-round running back. I saw him move last weekend, and, and he's the real deal. There's no question about it. So, for me, the value of the running back is still there. That takes the onus off Russell Wilson, uh, you know, that, uh, th- that uh, stretches out the game. You can grind down the clock. There's just a lot of things you can do. Uh, to control the game with a good running game. And, and you saw Seattle, when they were in their heydays uh, just recently, going to the back-to-back Super Bowls, what they do? They ran the football to play good defense. And that's what they're trying to get back to.
1: Tony, as I recall from a few weeks ago when we were speculating about what was going to happen in the draft uh, a, a guy that, used, you know, that was a, a little off the radar, not much, but a little off the radar with all these great quarterbacks, was Mason Rudolph, who you said you really liked this mm-hmm. guy a lot and you were anxious to see how things would work out. He ends up, I think, in a great situation. The Steelers use a third-round pick on him. He's going to come in. He might be the heir apparent to Ben Roethlisberger, but Roethlisberger speculate, hey, why are we bringing this guy in? I'm not done yet. I mean, is too much being made of that? Should, I mean, I, I think it's unfortunate Roethlisberger said what he said, but I also, as I say all the time, we all tend to overanalyze all this stuff. Isn't Roethlisberger in a great position now to help this guy transition into the NFL, or, or is he going to hold back his growth by by kind of acting like, look, man, it's still my job and you're not taking it?
2: Well, I think you know it's the latter of what you're talking about. It's still my job. You're not taking it. Just a few years ago, he was talking about. I think I'm going to retire. Oh, all of a sudden they draft a quarterback. I can play five more years. It's the ethos yeah, yeah. of, of of the NFL players and especially quarterbacks. They used to say, you know, wide receivers were divas, but it's truly the quarterback position. And uh, you know, he, you know, while some will accept and, and teach and learn uh, and help train some of the younger guys. There's other guys that uh, see that as a a no-no. And I I remember when I was with the Rams, uh, I was trying to replace Mark Bolger because he would, he would hear footsteps and drop to his knees. He'd been hit so many times from the backside uh, that, you know, he was just shell-shocked. And, and so uh it was time to get another quarterback. And we wanted to get, me and my staff wanted to get Matty Ice at, down in Atlanta. Uh, and it just, Scott hat didn't care for him. The presidents didn't really like him except for the scouting staff. So, Uh, and they were, they were afraid to draft him and sit him behind Bolger because, you know, he thought, they thought that he would have an issue with that. And that's the same thing that's going on in Pittsburgh right now. Ben's got to definitely help this young guy out. Uh, and you know what? Rudolph will be the successor of Ben Roethlisberger. I guarantee it.
1: That's that's interesting to see, and those will be big shoes to fill. Roethlisberger is still, though, thought of as a top tier NFL quarterback. I'm kind of like you, and I mean it's easy for me to say it's not my money, it's not my job, but you'd love to see him kind of recognize this for what it is and go, look, kid, you know, you, you stick with me for a couple of years, and then I'm going to be sliding on out of here, and the job will be yours. But it's not, as you just said, Tony, It's just never never going to be that seamless in most of these situations.
2: No, it, it has a lot to do with ego. And, uh, I mean, yeah, Ben is still playing at a high level. We saw that last year. He can still sling it around. He has total respect uh, of every coordinator that, he, that has to face him defensively. Uh, yeah, no, he's still playing at the top of his game. Uh, you know, there was a year or two ago where he, he was a little dinged up and things started to fall off a little bit. But I think this is going to rekindle his, his excitement for the game, uh, and it will add some competition. There's nothing right. wrong with that
0: its it's i mean it's it's you could see it almost from a couple different sides i mean i i, I get a that i think his his main issue but his main issue was listen in the third round we could get somebody to help the football team like right now why are we getting a guy that eventually is going to take my job and then it it morphed into that like you're 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 drafting my replacement you guys are exactly right i mean last year even two years ago he's he talked about retiring from the game but we see it everywhere we saw it i'm sure it played a part into what happened in new england i mean jimmy garoppolo was probably sitting there and waiting for his turn waiting for his turn i'm sure that tom brady kind of felt that, Tony, a little bit. I mean, you obviously can watch him and see the, t- have the talent he is in practice. Why would you want him to stick around? You feel threatened by it. Uh, Joe, and it's a famous story of Joe Montana and Steve Young. I mean, they, they weren't like friends because it clearly that Steve Young could play. I mean, I don't know how much they were really serious about Colin Kaepernick. I'll bring it back here to the Seahawks, but there's, there's got to be a part of me, Colin Kaepernick, in this league. There's got to be a part of me as a competitor, that Russell Wilson, be like, eh, yeah, I don't know. And now he would never admit that, Tony. And I'm not saying he would, he would, he would beat Wilson out for a job. But the guy was a Super Bowl quarterback. The guy has obviously played at a high level. That, I, yeah, give me some kind of uh, an adequate backup. But let's not, let's make sure they're not too good so they take my job.
2: Yeah, you know, I, I don't think that Russell would be uh, afraid of that challenge or that competition. Uh, I, I I do think that um, Colin Kaepernick can play in this league. There's no question about that. But what Colin Kaepernick has to do is he's got to figure out what he wants to do, okay? And, and he can do his, his uh, protesting and all that and, and civil work away from football or use it as a platform. But nobody's going to bring him in as a backup quarterback with all that, with all the situations that he's going to bring. They just won't do it. And, and so once he decides, okay, I'm not going to kneel, I will do all my other activities away from the organization. And I'm talking about all 32 teams. That's not Seattle. Uh, and, and then he'll get an opportunity. And, and so uh, can he play in this league? Absolutely. Uh, it, does he deserve to play in this league? Yes, he does. But, I mean, he's going to have to kind of change his approach Especially being a backup quarterback.
0: Totally get it. All right, Tony. Enjoy your weekend. We'll chat with you next
2: week. Talk to you soon. Take care.
0: All right, there he is, there. Tony Softly joining us on the Beacon Plumbing Hotline. Uh, and again, my my point. And now, I mean that, you know they they've said that. You guys, oh, no, we haven't closed the door on Colin Kaepernick. Yeah, you did. You, of course you right. did. The only reason they said that publicly is because they find themselves in a deposition right now, Pete Carroll and John Schneider, right. by his lawyers. If they would have come out and said, oh, we've closed the door, then that just gives ammunition to Kaepernick's lawyers. Wait a minute. See, they've closed the door on him. That's why they said they never, ever were going to bring in Colin Kaepernick. Never and, were going to happen.
1: And, and I know you know this. is apples to oranges, really, because Roethlisberger is 36 yeah. versus Wilson Twenty. Yeah. You do... If you're running the Seahawks, have to run everything through the Russell Wilson filter. How does this impact do. the biggest and most important guy on our team? Whereas, if you're the Steelers, like Hey, Roethlisberger's thirty-six. There is nothing wrong with drafting the guy we think is going to be our next guy. If Roethlisberger doesn't like it, well, oh. tough. I mean, you're thirty-six, you, dude. You only got a couple of years you should left. Have a uh, you should have a backup plan. I right.
0: mean, should you, should you right. not? I mean, and again, you can. I, I guess the problem with Ro- Roethlisberger is this: is that if you okay, you have an issue with it. Do you need to go on a radio station and yeah. tell people yeah. in the world that I'm not going to help this guy out? No. I'm not going to – if he wants – because they said, well, if he asks you questions about the playbook, he's, he would say, well, I would say just go look at the playbook. Uh, I'm uh, type of stuff. I mean, you, your best – just he can still play in the league, why not help out a guy? I'm sure there was someone that – helped. I think it was Tommy Maddox, actually. I'm sure there was a guy that helped you out when you were a rookie. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. That's – all Mason Rudolph is asking is, hey, how about you you help me out? He never reached out to me. I guess he finally sent him a text yesterday or today. And the text was, Hey, good luck with rookie minicamp. Yeah. That's all he said.
1: I mean the guy's not a good guy. No, he's an Look, ass. you can't outrun your past completely. An and I mean he's not a good guy and he never has been. This wouldn't surprise you that this guy would be a little a little prickly about this.
0: Yeah, it's, um, I don't know, it's it, it's too bad how he's handled that situation. As for Colin Kaepernick, again, that was, that was a story yesterday. He uh, uh, and his attorneys took depositions in his collusion grievance against the NFL from uh, Pete Carroll. This was yesterday and John Schneider. Uh, that happened on Wednesday. Seahawks expressed interest in Kaepernick this offseason. No longer appears to be in their plans. And again, he never was in their plans. They just couldn't say that publicly because it would probably hurt those guys. Uh, moving forward, but that's the very latest uh, there with Colin Kaepernick, and I think I don't think he's ever going to be on a roster again because I don't think he's ever going to take a back seat to his stance. I don't think he's ever going to. I think that's his stance. This is what he wants to do with his life. He'd like to play football too, but I get the other side of it. If you're a GM and you're an owner of a team, I understand it. You're a backup. I, 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 I don't I, need that distraction.
1: I saw somebody. I don't know who it was. Is somebody who follows me on Twitter posted a photo of like their kid with Kaepernick? Look, he's at the Seattle airport. Man. Maybe he was here again yesterday. Who knows? Okay, bring him in. They play his wide receiver. He's here, they uh, need a big wide receiver. No, 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 no. He, he's going to be the backup bench coach. Oh, for your Seattle Mariners, the, uh, right? the special assistant uh, to the chairman. All right, Buck yeah. and Gas, we're here from the
0: Nickerson Street Saloon. Door's going to open here in just a few minutes. If you're in the neighborhood of Fremont, uh, you get stuck on that Fremont Bridge. Come up by, have a pint. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, ten pints, whatever you want. And uh, some lunch. Uh, We're going to be here until 3 o'clock. Ian will take uh, the baton from 1 to 3. Uh, We are previewing tomorrow's big release, 13th annual Bob's Brown Ale release. In honor of Bob Hirsch, uh, who is a dear friend of Manny from Georgetown Brewery. They brew a beer every single year in his honor. All proceeds going uh, to the Ronald McDonald House. When is the last time a number one pick in any sport doesn't do he's healthy doesn't contribute at all in the playoffs. We'll talk about that next.
2: To Puckett and the Gas Man on Seattle Sports Radio 950 KJR. Entertaining Sports Talk.
0: Welcome back to the uh, Nickerson Street Saloon. Puck and gas with you until uh, 1 o'clock. Uh, Ian will be stopping by about an hour uh, from now. He'll sit in with us from um, 1230 to 1. Uh, then he'll do his show from 1 to 3. Manny, the owner of Georgetown, will stop on by. Chris Gurky, the owner of Nickerson Street Saloon. Vanessa, I believe, from Ronald McDonald House will be here as well. Uh, tomorrow uh, is going to be Georgetown's release of Bob's Brown Ale. Uh, 3 o'clock sharp right here at the Nickerson Street Saloon. And again, all proceeds going to the Ronald McDonald House, 100% uh, supporting their friend uh, Bob Hirsch, who passed away back in 2005, just uh, 21 years of age. So he had a a lot of life to live. Uh, His parents were living in Alaska. They came down uh, to Seattle Children's Hospital, Seattle, Ronald McDonald House, which puts families up uh, basically in in apartments and which have great amenities. You know, they have a communal kitchen a dining room. They get free laundry services, uh, your own bedroom, two beds, private bath, all of that for $30 a night. That's all they're, all $30 a night for your family to stay for an extended period of time while uh, your child is at Seattle Children's. And so Ronald McDonald House, which does an amazing job, just $30 a night. Again, all proceeds going uh, to the Ronald McDonald House. Bob's Brown Ale will be released tomorrow. Live auction items will be a uh, later t- radio program. What are you giggling
1: about? Uh, nothing. Will, uh, will you be here at three tomorrow?
0: Oh yeah, I'll be. here you, You'll definitely be. Here. Are you
1: going to stay all night tonight? You're uh, just going to stay here when we get done?
0: Uh, no, I will. Yeah. I bring my family here. Uh, I bring my family here every year. We we've been doing this. Now what happened? I got duped last year because I was. We were here last year, and the, and the weather tomorrow is going to be fantastic. Right. Now best, Tino yeah. will remember last year. <laughs> it was uh, it was the scene out of Caddyshack with Doctor Bishop. Really? It yeah. was just pouring. Yeah. Right, right. But it was fine. We had a great time and. Uh, and so we're all having a good time, and then it reached that point where my wife and I, with our two young kids, had to decide: someone's got to go home. Yeah, someone's got to take the kids home. And I'm like, okay, I, I you know I kind of work with these guys. This is kind of in and around a oh, station that event. Is, oh, that is just you know where this is going.
1: Yeah, but come on, man. And it's
0: kind of you know it's kind of a station thing, and yeah. I'm helping them out, and we're we're auctioning off a, a live in studio, we right. an appearance and all that stuff. My wife turns to me and goes. I'd like to stay. Can can you take the kids home? See, here, I'm like you son, and and but what she did a veteran move, you know what she did? What? She she got had, drunker than you? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. She did and I'm like and you son I'm like you can't drive home. Can't she's like, "Well, I'm not I don't feel comfortable. You've only had a beer right now, so why don't you take the kids home?" am like Look,
1: you are unbelievable. On, speaking on behalf of and I don't know your wife well. So she
0: stayed out late into the hours with Crystal. We talk about Crystal all the time. Who yeah. works at Georgetown. They had a, a great time and I was back at home
1: with my kids. Which was fun. I don't. I don't know your wife well, but I've met her a few times. And speaking on behalf of everybody who's met her a few times, much better deal for her to stay. Oh yeah. The, the more fun half of the puck family. Oh, I would did. agree. What'd you have the kids at a beer event for anyway? Why'd you well, call your mom and kids, get her to come over? Kids, she, she'd are, love to see the kids. She would. I don't kids are welcome. They
0: they love they the, they everyone loves having the the kids around. But yeah. So we so I was uh, I was stunned it was a right hook right to right to my i wasn't even seeing it right to my chin knocked me out so uh to to make up i was depressed we the kids and i we we hadn't even had dinner yet we just walked over to uh to uh, Bluebird, which is ice cream right over here yeah. right over in Fremont. Right, sure. And just, that was for dinner. We just yeah. had ice cream. We had gave so, kids ice cream for dinner? We had so much ice cream gas that we, we were sick. That's good. That's all We we did an all-you-can-eat ice cream at Bluebird. Yeah. Sundays, cones, everything. That's parent shakes. of the year. That's it parent of the year, year stuff right well, there. I was depressed, and well, ice cream makes me feel better.
1: Well, I can't make it tomorrow, unfortunately. Wow. I, actually, as a freelancer, i got a gig for tomorrow.
0: What do you, what do you got to do going got, on it's, tomorrow? It's
1: fun. Feltz's parents let the Bang Brothers borrow their house, and I'm doing some oh, audio on it. new come on. Ah! So it'll be terrible. It'll be, it'll be. look, I'm a freelancer. You got to yeah. pick up money wherever you can get it, right? A, so yeah, it's. It, Gas also
0: working for the, the the show. They're bringing back people. Remember a limit date, and the limit date's going to end up at Jackson's house right. with, his, with his
1: jacuzzi. Hey. <laughs> hey, have you had time to read the Kyoto news yet this morning? Because during the break, I was. Pre, no. uh, perusing the Kyoto you know, what, News. What do they got
0: on Ichiro? Be- new bench manager
1: Ichiro. Here's what the Kyoto News uh, reports. Uh, uh, they say Suzuki, who intends to resume his playing career next season, watches games on TV from a room behind the dugout and hits off a tee to stay sharp. <laughs> he, he said he is not aware of his duties as bench coach, but he appeared excited. Oh. Quote, I was only able to watch the games on TV. The view is different from the dugout, he said. I have no idea what I'll be doing. I might make out the lineup card, but other than that, I don't know. I want him to write up the lineup card, but all in Japanese. <laughs> so, yeah,
0: Manny Atka, who's going to be taken over. How
1: about that? Wait a minute. That's what? perfect. He does the lineup card in Japanese. In Japanese. i like, wait, I can't I can't read this. What? Well, that's your problem, What's, not mine. Not ours. You should learn
0: Japanese. <laughs> so, yeah, Manny Atka's taken over for the next two days because uh, Scott Service is attending the the graduation of his daughter from Ole Miss. So, Manny takes over. Ichiro has been uh, upgraded from uh, to bench coach. How about that? Yeah. God, that's a great story. And, and we talked about this earlier in the show, that I just want him to be – I want uh, Atkin to be kicked out of the game.
1: It is – I mean, I guess he is. This, is Ichiro happy with this whole thing? I, I, I watch the game on no, TV, I and I hit dude. off a tee. I don't know. He's 44. He doesn't need to hit off a T to stay sharp, wow, right? I mean, this, this is what he wants to do, I guess. I, well, I want to. Right. And that's it. Here's the thing. We said this earlier. This is fun stuff to talk about when a team's winning. Of course. And, again, if look, look I talked about the Russell Wilson filter earlier. Yeah. There's a little bit of an Ichiro filter down there. It's like, look, if of this course. is making this guy happy, yeah what do we care? i um, off a tee.
0: They'll start a series with Detroit coming up uh, later today against uh, Marco Gonzalez against Matt Boyd Gonzalez 2-0 with a 3.00 ERA. All right, so I tease this. The um you know, we're watching the NBA playoffs and having fun with it. This, this Markel Fultz story, Now I'm not bringing... Okay, maybe there's part of me that's bringing this up because he's a Husky. But you know what? He's no, Kind of a Husky. He's not even really a Husky. I've been to Husky. I'm more of a Husky yeah.
1: than Markel Fultz. It's
0: not even that he's a Husky because he's not. Um, this story is amazing. So Markel Fultz, when is the last time that a number one overall pick in any sport, it, healthy, not injury, healthy, and in, especially in basketball, doesn't play a single minute, single minute in the Eastern Conference semifinals. And and not, and not one minute did he play against Boston.
1: And and not only that, but didn't play a single minute in a series where you never had any kind of control. I mean, you had a lot of close games. Could he have helped you? Yeah. Might he have tipped the balance of the series? We'll never know. Will he we? played at the end
0: of the year. At the end of the year, he was he was in games. They used him, and and at, at, you know he actually looked okay at times. They talked about needing a spark plug. Now they went with uh, McConnell. gave him kind of a kind of a boost in the playoffs as well. Markel Foltz, I've just have never seen it. Now he battled his shot the whole thing and his shoulder injury, right. and it took him forever to get that back. It looks like he recovered. The highlights that I saw of him toward the end of the year, he looked okay, He looked good, and. To not see the floor at all in the playoffs, I don't know if that's more about Foltz. Maybe it's more about the Coach Brown. I don't know. I just found that to be the oddest story of the playoffs.
1: He played 18 minutes a game in the last 14 games of the season. He doesn't we- sniff the court w- once w- against they, Boston? Weren't they winning all of those games? Because they, they came uh, from off the pace weird. to get home court advantage. I mean, they were really playing well down the stretch, and he was playing. It does seem odd to me. And, you right. know, it's interesting because this guy's going to hang in there, obviously, and he probably should. Dwayne Casey gets canned today. You know, it's one of those things where, from afar, you go, how can this be? And then if you go close, you go geez, they're just they're tired of how the long has he been there? Five? Five? Yeah, seven years? I mean, five? I, seven? I, it
0: might be that. I I just think that I I don't understand it, but that I do understand it. I, is that the best way to put it? Yeah, I, I get it. That eventually you kind of you know, especially with the NBA coaches, the the message just finally you will lose it. They uh they they've always I think under him have always overachieved. When you look at their roster and you look at their two superstars. Those aren't two guys that are going to carry you an NBA title. They're never going to. DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry are just not guys that are going to win you a title. They need somebody else. And Casey is a great coach, not good enough to – he has squeezed everything out of them, possibly could. The the biggest disservice, the crime in that whole thing was that Brad Stevens, who in my opinion is the best coach in the league, doesn't receive one single Coach of the Year vote.
1: Yeah, Which that's weird. Amazing that that's weird because he doesn't seem like a bad guy. Somebody would have would have gone. How about this? How about Casey? And again, I just I keep forgetting how long I've been sitting around taking up space. Casey's sixty one years old. Sixty one. That's amazing. I hope he gets another chance. I, he's gonna. And I I would because I mean, he's, he's been he was a head coach at Minnesota, then he was assistant with Dallas when they won it in twenty eleven, then parlayed that into he's been with the Raptors since twenty eleven. You're right, it's been seven years.
0: I think there's a perfect there there's a perfect team. They have a coach. He's worked with them, and I don't think he'd ever take it. We Portland, but yeah, I yeah. don't think he would ever. I don't think he'd ever step in with Terry Stotts being fired.
1: And Stotts is kind of in that, uh, in not quite yet, but he's in the Casey zone in that he's got to get them now. Yeah. He, he's he's proven, no doubt. Terry can coach, and they're good during the regular season now. And really, this year was their only real playoff flame out they still need to add,
0: they need to add another piece to the group they have, yeah, but i I just I like dwayne, dwayne would walk into a situation in my opinion with better talent,
1: yeah, but
0: I don't know if dwayne Casey those two would work together in Seattle okay. i'm not sure Dwayne Casey would walk into a situation where and i i don't know this, I am assuming their friends would walk into a spot where yeah. his friend got fired
1: but. think uh, think about this at Toronto, you know again, this is how you, you think god it's too bad forty eight wins. Lost in the first round. 49 wins. Lost in the first round. 56 wins. Lost in the conference finals. 51 lost in the semifinals. 59 lost in the semifinals. So five years in a row of 48 or more wins, but always losing. Never even getting to the finals. That's that's frustrating. and That's how you end up. You, know, you look at his, at his numbers. Like, how do you fire this guy? And you go, well, you've got to win in May, man. you got to win yeah. in May and June.
0: Uh, Puck and Gas live here from the Nickerson Street Saloon. Come on by. Doors are open. Lunch is being served. Drinks are being... Uh, Swill down the throats. Get in right now. Uh, get, uh, Ian will be here at 1230. At that time, we'll, we'll chat with Manny from Georgetown. Also, uh, Chris Gurky who owns the Nickerson Street Saloon. Uh, they put this on every single year, uh, usually on May 14th. But it's going to be tomorrow, May 12th, the release of Bob's Brown Ale, uh, raising money for the Ronald McDonald House. Also, Vanessa from the Ronald McDonald House will stop on by. Uh, we asked that we could be just a small part of it today to help promote uh, the, vi- uh, the event tomorrow. Uh, Twenty-eight thousand nights of housing each year. Ronald McDonald House here in Seattle. Uh, Four hundred and fifty plus families served annually. Uh, families from uh, you know outside of uh, you know, in Eastern Washington, Montana, Oregon, Alaska, Idaho all come here. They have to go to Seattle Children's Hospital as uh, you don't ever want to deal with that. Ever told that one of your kids has cancer? Seattle Children's Hospital does a great job, and then the Ronald McDonald House puts your family up for just $30 a night. So we're helping raise awareness. And then, of course, uh, the kickoff show for tomorrow's release of Bob's Brown Ale. A lot of great live auction items that will be available tomorrow for you here at the Nickerson Street Saloon. Uh, coming next, we're going to go over those. If you love beer and you love the Seahawks, you're going to love the live auction items. Radio Now back to Puckett and the Gas Man on Seattle Sports Radio 950 KJR. Entertaining sports talk. Uh, welcome back, Nickerson Street Saloon. People filing in, puck and gas here live uh, for uh, till one o'clock. Obviously, we're live because you're listening to us right now.
1: I have a question. Yes, sir. Does it does it irritate you at all? Because I mean, look, I'm 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 done. June thirtieth. They've hired yeah. Cliff Averill, and they've fired me. They dismissed me with prejudice. They didn't. And I'm gone. And now Cliff will be a big star. Signing. Does it? bother you that the promotions crew is showing up in advance of Ian Furness's arrival that they weren't here at 10 when we got here? No, well, I mean there was no I I told them there's no there was no reason for
0: them to be here at 10. Oh, That's okay. The, you know, cuz the doors yeah. didn't open until 11:30.
1: That that's that's a good looking. So to be. the
0: fact that they're now It's I, like not it's measuring fine. yourself
1: by jokes. It's a that's fine way right, to be. That's right. I mean
0: <laughs> I mean I hope the thousands of people that do show up here today mm-hmm, Yes. Uh, we're going to send them home with uh, Face Off, the great DVD that we have from the the 1990s thriller <laughs> John Travolta. Is that what we're
1: giving away? Oh, that, well, have you seen the prize closet? <laughs> I remember early, a lot of.
0: There's a lot of Face Off, and <laughs> I remember early on, early. When Harry this, met Sally
1: DVDs. This, is, this, this yeah. is maybe like my my first month at KJR. We're doing an event somewhere, and, and they tell me to go talk to the promotions and get some giveaways. So I go in, and they they give me like this 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 book about the Seahawks that was written in like 1984, and this is 1991, and they go, yeah, just give these away, and I go. Yeah. Do we have something, you know, a little more current? No. And our promotion says, no. our listeners won't care. <laughs> uh, oh, okay, great. Uh, the sports listeners, you're going to give them a seven-year-old uh, book. They're not going to care about that. Uh, I see. Uh, I see. So we're here until uh,
0: we're at 1 o'clock, and then uh, the mayor of Maple Valley will take over at 1 o'clock, 1 to 3. He'll actually be here at tw- 1230. Uh, we are here uh, to support uh, Nickerson and also Georgetown Brewery. Uh, their fantastic event that they'll have tomorrow. They will release Bob's Brown Ale three o'clock tomorrow. Uh, we've gone over it uh, throughout the show. Thirteen years celebrating the life of Bob Hirsch. Charles uh, Bob Hirsch passed away back in two thousand five uh, at the age of twenty one. Uh, Manny had uh, befriended him at a camp, and then uh, they had had a friendship. He went to uh, Manny went to his mother and said, "I'd love a beer, a brew this." honor she said yeah that'd be great he uh, asked her where would you like the money to go the proceeds to go and uh and bob's mom said "Uh, i'd like it to go to the ronald mcdonald house because when we were living in alaska and we had to come on down uh, to seattle to go to seattle children's hospital uh, we stayed at the ronald mcdonald house who puts up families in apartments with uh, bedrooms and kitchens and living rooms and tvs they make it feel like you are at home they take care of you And uh, they do it for just $30 a night because you know you're going to have a long, extended stay. Uh, If one of your your kids is that sick, they have have to go to the Seattle Children's Hospital. And so uh, Manny said, no problem. We'll we'll team up with the Ronald McDonald House. All proceeds of the sale of Bob's Brown Ale uh, from the brewery go to the Ronald McDonald House. All sales of Bob's Brown Ale here at the Nickerson uh, go to uh, the Ronald McDonald House. Live auction items, all right? Uh, here's what we have that uh, we will have tomorrow. Just a few of these, and then there will be silent auctions, uh, silent auction items as well. Uh, poker party with Manny and Roger at the brewery.
1: That's a pretty good. That's a because you can bring a lot of friends. I'm assuming that's yep. probably when you can bring six or eight friends yep. down, right? Because yep. yep. poker table, you need that many people. I don't
0: know how many. Let's say it's twenty, and then that's, <laughs> yeah.
1: that's what they want. No that actually that's a real fun item because then you can also then you can obviously you can get some guys to come down and go in with you on it. Yeah, well one you can you're playing think about this. You, you have the entire
0: brewery to yourself. You are playing poker mm-hmm. with the with the owners of Georgetown Brewery, yeah. Manny and Roger. Yeah. You try to get Roger to laugh at something, a joke, anything. Yeah. Well But, and you get, then you get a tour, and you get a, especially if you're a beer nerd, you get to pick the brain of these two guys who I think have established, in my opinion, again, my, and I'm biased, the best brewery in this state.
1: Now, here's the potential downside I'm seeing you're, you know, a couple of brewery guys, they're experts. They know what the hell they're doing. They got you playing poker. Next thing you know, you're going all in with like a 2 (laughs) 4. What were what you think? I don't know. I thought I'd win it on the river.
0: I, I keep, I'm, I'm drunk on Bodie. Uh, and then I, I said if you're a Seahawks fan, you're, you're going to love uh, the live auction items tomorrow. All right? Manny mm-hmm. and some guy named Walter Jones Ooh, I, yeah. uh, are going to give you a tour of the brewery. Again and, at the brewery. And a guess and a hangout session. They're just, Manny, again, the uh, the owner of Georgetown, the man, of course, Manny's Pale Ale, and Walter Jones, the best left tackle in the history of the NFL, are going to hang out with you at the brewery, drink beer, you're going to talk beer with Manny, you're going to talk
1: football with Walter. Who's in that argument? Because I wouldn't necessarily dispute you about Walter, but who are the others that we throw oh, no. in there? There's some other, yeah. but you're talking about a legend. You're talking about the yeah. only KJR employee. Yeah. Is he an employee? Do we consider him an yes. employee? The only KJR employee who has been honored with his own statue at the airport. There yes. is not a statue of any other KJR guy at the airport.
0: No. Well, they're thinking there's the, the one is in the hopper right now. Well, I they bet there's one about. in
1: the hopper. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome right. to Seattle. Yeah. Uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh God. And I'm That's... also on Walter Jones. Also will be here tomorrow. But how about that? So Walter Jones, Manny will give you a tour of the brewery and hangout mm-hmm. session. Mm-hmm. Uh, also a uh, Russell Wilson signed jersey. A Steve Largent signed football, Seahawks game day uh, passes for two with sideline passes on September 23rd, and an in-studio experience with Cliff Averill. When he joins the show later this summer, uh, Cliff and, and I, we welcome, this is more about Cliff, we'll welcome you to the studio, you're going to be in with us for three hours uh, when, when Cliff starts the show on July 9th, it, you could, we'll come up with a date later this year. Uh, you can hang out with us for three hours, and you get to pick the brain there of Cliff Averill.
1: The sideline experience oh, pregame at the awesome. Seahawks game is indescribable, and I got to do it so often when we were doing our auction. We'd always have a yeah. bunch of them, to, and I... I, I I got to the point where I was almost like I, I had to keep reminding myself to be impressed because I was down there enough. When you're down, you've never been down there, and then, when they bring that team out and the Eagle or the, the Eagle, the Hawk comes swooping in, and if there's a flyover, I mean, the, the whole, it, it, you down there, you really feel the intensity of what's about to and happen. And I
0: also, uh, I forgot a couple of other items as well, a VIP for four to the Seahawks yeah. training camp and then a signed Pearl Jam poster as well. Some of, Those are just some of the items that will be available tomorrow in the live auction here at the Nickerson Street Saloon with the uh, the event starting at 3 o'clock when they tap the first cake.
1: Can't believe Pearl Jam's involved in a local No, auction. That's such a yeah. surprise to hear that they gave something well, to it. Well,
0: I mean, eventually they have to give back to the community or they're going to start to get a reputation I've, like Amazon. I've, I've,
1: I've, I've been in the warehouse there. They've got enough. They're, they're, they're doing just fine in terms of shipping, but it, they're always in on stuff, and they're kind of Georgetown neighbors down yeah, there, yeah. so good for them.
0: All right, we'll take a break. Top of the hour headlines coming up. Uh, then the final hour of the radio program, again, 1230. Ian will stop on by. Uh, Manny from Georgetown, the uh, owner of Nickerson Street Saloon, uh, Chris Gurkey and also Vanessa from the Ronald McDonald House will stop uh, stop on by as well. Well, I love this guy. I really do, and I, and I follow him religiously. He covers Pac-12 football, but man, oh, man. Does he want to make life easier on a couple of teams in the Pac-12 because we're just not making the schedule easier enough for our top teams? Uh, We're going to discuss that story after headlines.